Wow, I remember that icy crash so well. Uh, I can't believe it's 50 years. 50 years. I can't believe How about it. 50 years ago that yeah. that happened. I used to take the IC train, the Illinois Central. Uh, I lived at the time, I was living on the uh, southeast side in South Shore, and I worked at the great A&P grocery store in Hyde Park. So I would take the IC you know, to, the, uh, to Hyde Park uh, every day. And, uh, you know, you get to know people on the train. You see them uh, on the train every day. Uh, other friends of mine, you know, took it. And I actually lost uh, a friend who was on that train. Really? was killed uh, on that, uh, in that horrible crash. Then, as you say, 50 years ago, it is uh, hard to imagine. It is good that they're having a memorial today, this taking place at the First Unitarian Church, uh, of Chicago, uh, where uh, the uh, victims, survivors, and first responders will be uh, remembered. Yeah. Uh, it's good to to do this because uh, it kind of faded from public uh, right. public consciousness sure. for a while, and uh, then uh, came back. So it's good to do this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now, and wow, that Wally Phillips uh, sound that you had. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, evidently uh, not not much. Uh, uh, after only minutes after the accident uh, happened, uh, the caller uh, called into Wally, and uh, things went from there. And as Dean, as you probably remember, broadcasters dropped everything that day, and it was yeah. really almost wall-to-wall coverage. All hands on deck of, for that. Yes, right. and you know it was you know this was 1972. Uh, you know the, just the beginning of I guess what you might call interactive radio. But Wally had really kind of pioneered picking up the phone and talking to people. Not a lot of radio was doing that. And, uh, you know, Wally already had a rapport with his uh, audience and, you know, people calling up on the phone. Hi, hey, Wally, you know, for different That's things. That's right. Sure. But, you know, that, people listened to Wally Phillips religiously. Who was He was, for those of you maybe too young to know, <laughs> Wally Phillips was uh, the – he did the morning show here on WGN. And uh, maybe was one of the most popular broadcasters in the history of Chicago radio. Uh, the Wally Phillips show was a, a behemoth of, uh, you know. An average of two million daily. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. And so everyone listened to Wally. Everyone of a certain age, everyone's like our age, you know, our parents listened to Wally. And we all grew up listening to Wally. So it was not unusual that when there was something going on, no matter what it was, Somebody would call Wally Phillips and have an eyewitness uh, report of, uh, you know, what was happening. So uh, I'm not surprised that Wally talked about it. I am surprised that we have still have the, that we still have the tape. Oh, the, the audio. Recording. Something else I wouldn't be surprised at at all is that uh, the, the person who called in, whose name was Leo, he wasn't the only person that called in that sure. morning and right. during the day that day. Yep. Yeah. Wow. History. Chicago history. Uh, uh, the yeah, worst such accident in the history of the city. Yeah, 350 yeah. people injured, 45 killed uh, right. that day. Horrible. And what a cheery note to start today's broadcast on. Well, as I said, we, it is good to remember something like this. Yeah. But, uh, so we, I agree. Um, you know, that, that was, as I say, uh, that was the news for the rest of the week that week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've got some details about our big tree time broadcast. Two weeks from now. Two weeks from this moment, we will be beginning our annual holiday spectacular out at tree time in Lake Barrington uh, that most of us will be attending. 
this year. <clears throat> not, oh, hi. Is this on? Not all of us will be there this year. I'll be here, sitting right at this chair. Well, that, does, that does us no good out there. Well, you can still talk to me. Mm, we'll see. I don't want to feel completely left out. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. You can still say my name. We have uh, lots of things. <laughs> well, Shrani has to say it yeah, at least once. <laughs> but... <laughs> you can you can sit here and talk with ha- your new friends Hamp and OB, big guys, you know. Yes, they are. <laughs> Fortunately, you can outrun both of them. Nine fifteen. Good morning, everybody. Sad news about the killer. The great Jerry Lee Lewis passing away this week. So kind. Groundbreaking was this. Put together a song like this back in the the Pat Boone era of music, 1957. Listen to this man hammering on that piano. Groundbreaker. I had a friend who had an older sister who had the original 45 of this. Wow. And I remember when we were being the uh, pioneering broadcasters, uh, we were in Highland, Indiana, <laughs> playing various records uh, in our pretend radio stations. He right. brought this one over and a couple others. Oh, there. see. Little did I know when I was 10 years old that this was the pioneering hit that well, it was. When you were 10 years old, uh, the song was already about 10 years old. Now, it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Right. No, I, mean, I was a was. year old when this song came out. Really? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean, that when you were doing your pretend radio station, the song was already an oldie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like you are now. <laughs> Thank you. And I am. Yeah, you are older than I am. I, will, I know. I you will point be quick that out. to point you, that out. Well, you do everything. And we'll continue time. to do so. That's fine. I don't Very mind. Dynamic. It's a badge of honor. <laughs> I'm a survivor. I will survive. I will survive. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sad news. Uh, 87 years old, not in the greatest of health. He's, uh, he, he was inducted into the country, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame just about 10 days ago and was unable to attend the ceremony because he's had the flu. You know, when you're 87 with the flu, that's not good. Uh, and um, so he, uh, you know, sa- sadly uh, succumbed to all of that. He was one of the original inductees, the first group to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Was he among the first? Yep. Okay. Jerry Lee Lewis. Well, I, that makes sense, him being, uh, yep. you know. Not without his share of controversies. Oh, yes, very true. Uh, you know, you marry your 13-year-old cousin and that's going to happen. <laughs> Wasn't there a movie, <laughs> Great Balls of Fire? Yes, there that, was. That uh, was about yeah. uh, his life. Dennis, Dennis Quaid. Dennis right? Quaid. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the movie. A lot of people hated it, but I, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> it was an interesting life that he led. Uh, he was, and you know, he's remember that show, Million Dollar Quartet. Oh yeah, that was in Chicago forever. Uh, that was based on the Sun Records sessions the famous recording studio in memphis uh at which uh jerry lee lewis played with uh the likes of elvis presley johnny cash johnny cash and who was the fourth i think it was uh, carl perkins carl perkins right yeah carl perkins 
So, uh, so rest in peace, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. It's been a terrible year, hasn't it, for celebrity deaths? I mean, you know, it's never a good time, but there's been an inordinate amount of celebrity deaths. Remember in January, the the, the first month of the year, they're dropping like flies every day. <laughs> I was doing obituaries every day. Yeah, I remember you posted something like, okay, here we go again enough. or something like that. Yeah, yeah enough. Enough with that, all that. <laughs> Um, oh, somebody texted Jerry Lee Lewis is not dead because there was... There were reports that TM, it was... Yeah, TMZ... Somebody jumped the gun. And, T- TMZ reported that he was dead several days before he actually died. Uh, they were given erroneous uh, information, and they went with it without confirming it. Uh, and then they retracted it. Uh, but then several days later, Jerry Lee Lewis did pass away. So if anyone's confused, that's the deal with that uh it's nine nineteen. so our big uh, tree time spectacular out on lake barrington is uh, shaping up uh i'm excited about the show now we're t- exactly two weeks away uh 22102 uh what's it pepper <laughs> road right what's the address again and like pepper road i knew it I knew it. I I'm going right to get here. a call at 8:45. Where am I? When <laughs> Shwani, can you come and pick me up? I'm at an actual tree farm. <laughs> I'm in Paw Paw, Michigan. Can somebody help me? I wish I was in Paw Paw. I Michigan. know where Paw Paw is. I can uh, go I used there to go and... there to cut down. I used to when my nieces and nephews were little. Uncle Dean would pile them in the car and we'd go up there and cut Christmas trees down for you know cut our own christmas trees it was fun uh, that's where you're going to end up no you're, you're going to think it's there I rather did, than i just didn't have the exact address <laughs> in front of me <laughs> this is how it starts oh <laughs> this is how it starts 22102 pepper road in lake barrington is uh where we're going to do the show and we've got uh, we've got a lot of things already lined up for the show we're going to have performances from the marriott lincolnshire's christmas story the musical that's going to be fun we're going to have performances from the paramount theaters uh the sound of music that's going to be fun frank ferrante is going to join us from oh, uh, cabaret's as yeah he was uh, here just last week, he wasn't he? was just he? here, uh, yeah, a week ago, something, maybe You last remember week. that last week? I, fa- I remember you? somebody was here. I don't <laughs> Somebody in a costume was, was here. Uh, uh, but it turns out we are going to be able to do this, even though he's got a noon show that day, a noon matinee in downtown Chicago. He's going to go out to come out to Lake Barrington first, spend some time with us, and then zoom back downtown to do his own show at uh, Hotel Cambria. And not doing the show by Zoom. He's going to Zoom no, back. No, he's going yeah. to the, the Zoom the way the word was intended. <laughs> right. Uh, hurry. He is going to hurriedly come back downtown uh, for that. So Frank Ferrante is going to join us uh, for that. Of course, we're super excited that the Eddie Carosa Baby Doll Polka Band is going to be uh, performing live for us uh, that day. Elton Jim Toronto. Uh, is going to be with us. Listen anyway, as as Jim likes to say. And uh, Santa is going to be there. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be nice. Well, this is going to be great. Yeah, it's Santa. All, right. all of us polkaing. Yep. With the polka band yep. at tree time. Yep. 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 
This is a party. And here's my new brilliant idea. You know, we have we're gonna we're gonna be on the radio from nine until eleven, and then Hamp and OB come on from eleven to twelve, featuring Andy Maser, the new star of that show. <laughs> and then uh, we're back on from noon to one. So we're one hour. We're off the radio, but it has now been confirmed we will be on Facebook Live. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So we'll we'll still be able you'll still be able to watch. Just swing over to you know, you can you can either listen to Hamp and O B and Andy or you can swing over to Facebook Live and and listen to us and see what's gonna be. Why can't you do both? Well you could do both. Yeah. yeah. I love that I got a special email this week from management. Uh, telling me that even though we're on Facebook Live, that I'm we not still al- have to be good. I'm not allowed to swear. We have to be good. I know. <laughs> Specifically told, I'm not allowed to swear. <laughs> Did you hear any more about? Have the- you ever heard me swear? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just was wondering if you ever heard. It me. Might not have been on the air, but <laughs> <laughs> you have heard me swear. Oh yes. Really? Oh yes. That'll really swear. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I guess with you, I swear quite a bit. <laughs> at me. At, not with, but with at. You. Most people, I don't swear very much. Shwani, I swear all the time. <laughs> at. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not allowed to swear during... <laughs> Did you hear any more about your proposal for the Polka show? No. No, that's still being considered. <laughs> it's being run up the next star uh, flagpole. Okay. To see if... <laughs> I think I may have missed the uh, WGN music show uh, boat. <laughs> that that ship may have sailed. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Uh, but anyway, so we'll be uh, on Facebook Live from 11 to 12, and then back on the air at noon. We'll have a special tree time uh, food show, and uh, you know that's it's going to be fun. Plus, I have a new brilliant idea for the show that we now don't have time to tell we you don't. about. We can. We've got an hour and a half yet. We well, can still we talk. About I'm going to talk about it. We'll talk about it later. But I've got. Oh, Shwani, you're going to love this new idea. Oh, I can't wait. This is. You thought when I shot an apple off of your head with a bow and arrow was fun. Uh, when we ate uh, unusual, somebody uh, texted me and asked if we're going to be serving haggis again this year. We apparently we had this like some disgusting foods that, to try a couple of years ago. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is even better. My new idea is even better than all of those things. Of something that I want to run. See, see if you want to do. I'll tell you about it later. I'm <laughs> waiting on your every word. I know you can't wait, but I have to take a break first because the far-flung forecast follows this. WGN. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, it is time for the far-flung forecast, our weekly compendium of fascinating facts and figures. And here now, with just one minute remaining before the news, the clock has started. Dave Schwan. Good morning. Thank you, Uncle Dean. And friends, get out your compasses and protractors, because today we go to Kingston, New York. Uh 
Kingston, New York is about uh, 60 miles, uh, well, let's see, 90, excuse me, 90 miles north of uh, yeah, New maybe York. maybe you should get your protractor and come <laughs> I guess I should. I guess I should. 60 miles south of Albany, New York. Uh, population around 24,000. And it is the boyhood home of a man by the name of Howard Koch. Hmm. Does this name ring a bell How to do you? How do you spell that? K-O-C-H. He K-O-C-H. pronounces it. Sometimes it's pronounced Coke. But he pronounces it Koch. Is he the, he's not the billionaire guy, is he? No, 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 the, no, no. Uh, has nothing to do. Has nothing to do with any of of that at all. Not at all. Okay. Because all right. as a young man, he was studying law, but then got interested in writing hmm. and wrote some uh, successful plays. And uh, some years later, around uh, 1935 or so, uh, became uh, connected and worked with Orson Welles. Hmm. Now, do you know where we're going with this? Orson Welles was the host of the Mercury Theater on the Air, and 84 years ago tonight was the War of the Worlds broadcast written by Howard Koch. Really, I didn't know he adapted from the H.G. Wells novel. Right. That uh, scared a lot of people because of the fact that the way they did it with news bulletins and very, very live sounding uh, sound effects and studio work. Uh, the War of the Worlds was aired 84 years ago on the CBS radio network. People, people thought that Earth was being invaded by Martians. Yes. Literally thought because of this fake, bro- you know, it's a theatrical broadcast. They made it sound like real bulletins and like it was really happening. And people believed it, and they thought that Earth was being in, invaded by by Martians. And then, when they were, uh, then it was found out that they were, uh, you know, being fooled yeah. by this. Whoops! A lot of people were upset. But uh, Howard, Daisy, isn't that why they put in laws that you were not allowed to do stuff like that? Anymore? That's right. Yes. Yes, uh, the FCC had something to yeah. do with that. But Howard Koch went on... Thanks for spoiling all our fun, Orson Welles. <laughs> Howard went on to have a distinguished career among the screenplays that he was involved with was Casablanca. Oh, really? With Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman. You're the film guy. You should know this. Yeah, I don't pay attention to <laughs> Kingston, New York. Cloudy skies and 35 today. Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. The Monster Man. Oh, look who's at the door looking for trick-or-treat candy. It's Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Hello there, young man. How are you? Good morning, Dean. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Very, very good. Before we get into uh, you know medical stuff here today, just a couple of quick tips for... Uh, you know, the kids going out trick-or-treating tomorrow. How, how careful should they be? Yeah, I mean, the kids should be careful for their own safety. You know, make sure that they're dressed appropriately. Make sure that the, anybody can identify them because, uh, not identify them, but see them, mainly because it will be dark for a portion of this time. So reflective tape on their costumes is very good. And then make sure that the costumes that they're wearing are safe, that they won't hurt. But probably more importantly, Dean, is protecting those who are handing out the candy because these little guys are going to run up to your house and yell right in your face and say trick or treat. And then when you give them it, they're going to yell back, thank you. And they're going to be spewing everything right towards you. So wearing a mask today, handing out is not, or tomorrow is probably a good idea. A mask for the the people passing out the candy. Exactly. That's, that's probably the biggest protection right now, just because, we have so much going around right now. All right. Uh, Dave Schwann, in his newscast a couple of minutes ago, one of his stories was 
uh, we are expecting a rise in, in COVID cases in the next uh, month or so. Uh, can you explain? Yeah, we are. You know, we kind of track what's going on in Europe and in the UK. And unfortunately, this new subvariant, this BQ1 and BQ1.1, are really starting to rise in Europe and starting to see much bigger numbers. Hospitalizations, not so much, but certainly the number of cases are up. So we really expect over the next couple of weeks, because we lag a couple of weeks behind them, so we certainly expect that that's going to happen. And we couple that with the number of people who have been vaccinated with the BA4 uh, and 5 uh, subvariant is uh, not really good. So, yeah, we, we are expecting a big bump here, but it's probably going to impact more of the general public than it is the hospitals. It's so interesting to me is that we've got the latest and greatest vaccine out there right now uh, that is treating, you know, what it gives you maximum protection. And so few people are uh, availing themselves of it. It, it, I'm just reminded of when vaccines became available and people were waiting in line for hours and going to other cities trying to get the vaccines. And now they're like, eh, I'll get around to it, I guess. Yeah, it, it's interesting. If you remember when that first came out, we were seeing record number of deaths, you know, people in the ICU intubated. And now they're seeing it as, well, you know, I guess someone had it, but it, it's kind of like a really bad cold. So that's a little bit concerning that we're minimizing the infection as much as it is because it's going to be allowed to mutate. But we also have to couple that with when people aren't getting their COVID vaccine, many of them aren't getting their flu vaccine as well. Right. And that's where we're starting to see numbers kind of jump up way higher than we would normally at this time. Yeah, at least the people that I run into, they're all saying, uh, I haven't got it because I don't want the uh, possible side effects. Uh, and as you have pointed out, you know, do you want a day or two of discomfort or do you maybe want to wind up in the hospital or super sick with some of the things that the flu or, or COVID could give you? Absolutely. You know, a little bit of arm sickness, uh, soreness and a little bit of a low grade fever and kind of feeling punky for a day or two is much better than look at influenza. 10 days of high fevers, body aches, you know, 26 to 35,000 deaths from influenza every year. And we all know what COVID does. Even if the COVID is the, the BA4, BA5, where we're like, okay, it's not too bad. But boy, I'll certainly, I'll take a shot in the arm over the illness anytime, especially yeah. knowing that you still have the opportunity to have long COVID, which is very concerning. Yeah, even the, the, the milder form of COVID now, I've had both. I've had it when it was at its worst and I had it just a few weeks ago, you know, a milder form. It's not so fun with the milder form either. Uh, not, no. not, not as bad as it was with COVID classic, as I like to call it, but uh, <laughs> it is still, uh, it's, it's still no walk in the park either way. Uh, Jim is on the line uh, and has a question related to all this. Hi, Jim. You're on WGN with Dr. Most. Hi, guys. Uh, Dean, you're so right about people not getting vaccinated. Uh, but tell me, doctor, do, are we seeing breakthroughs? Um, with people that have been vaccinated for two weeks plus with the new vaccine uh, with getting COVID, or is it is it protecting us like, like it did with the first vaccine? Yeah, and Jim, you know, the way you stated the question was excellent because what we're seeing, and we have to all remember, that that first vaccine was not going to stop us from getting COVID. That first vaccine was actually going to stop us from dying or from being hospitalized. But we knew we still had many, many cases of COVID. But you saw once the vaccine came out, 
the number of deaths and hospitalizations drop down. With the vaccine that we have right now, it's actually protecting you from getting the illness because it has the circulating strain in the vaccine. We talk about influenza vaccines all the time and say, oh, gosh, this year we were at about a 25, 30, 40 percent match. Well, people have to understand that the COVID vaccine that we have right now is essentially a 100 percent match for what is circulating now. So I like the way you asked the question, because actually you shouldn't have breakthrough cases and it should prevent you from getting ill. But it's going to take a couple of weeks of that vaccine to work. And we still know there's many cases of, of COVID running around the neighborhoods right now. That's that's the story I keep telling my patients, but it's not getting out there. It's just that that information about actual protection is, is not getting out there somehow. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind it's, of discouraging. <laughs> yeah, or or people are choosing to ignore it. I mean, I've talked to so many people who they they know all the facts. They know, and they're like, mm, I think I'm going to wait. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want the, I don't want a possible side effect. I don't want a sore arm. You know, I don't want this. I don't want that. But, you know, the, think about what the alternative could be. Uh, Jim, thank you very much for a really great question. 815 area code texts in. My kids, aged 10 and 12, got our last booster in July. Can we get the new booster yet? I've heard that we should wait six months, but I'd like to go in earlier if I can. No, they're good right now. As a matter of fact, you know, that age group was just approved uh, not so long ago for the bivalent. So they certainly can. What they got in July was the regular old COVID booster, not the specialty booster with the strains that are going around right now. So she certainly, they certainly can get those kids vaccinated. And I would, you know, right now we're looking just a couple of weeks away from Thanksgiving. We're looking at people being indoors more. We're looking at kids in school. If I had a child of, of uh, you know in this grade a, uh, age here, I would certainly make sure they got vaccinated. We can't ha- we can't afford to have kids miss any more school than they already have, and this will protect them from missing school. Yeah, eight four seven area code texts in. Uh, my wife and I are vaccinated to the max, and we still got COVID. Now, as you just said a moment ago, the vaccine does not prevent you from getting COVID. The vaccine prevents you from dying. Correct. Right, and right. it would be interest, yeah, interesting to see what their definition of vaccinated to the max is. If they got the BA4 and BA5, you know, and they, I would imagine if they did get it, they got exposed prior to it working. But certainly, they ended up not in the hospital, it certainly sounds like, and they probably did quite well, which is really what our goal is. But the, the newest bivalent, if that's vaccinated to the max, then their cases of COVID should have been very mild and probably not even needing any medication. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a, a scenario in the next week or so with somebody, uh, a celebrity, who uh, wants to come on the WGN TV morning news, uh, A-lister. Uh, he is not vaccinated at all. because he, They say for medical reasons, he's not vaccinated at all. Uh, is that dangerous? To well, the to to all of the rest of us, I mean, all the rest of us are completely vaccinated. Is you know what kind of precautions should we be taking? Correct. You know, it's interesting. The more concern I would have is for that individual 
right? Not vaccinated at all. Well, you guys on the show, all of you have been vaccinated, so you are pretty well protected. I wouldn't be so much concerned. If he's symptomatic, certainly he shouldn't be on the show at all. If he's coughing, has a fever, anything like that, right. stay away. And if everyone's concerned, you know, he has a higher chance of carrying it than anyone else because of his non-vaccinated status. Certainly you can put him to the side a little bit and kind of get that, you know, that spacing that we used to highlight right. so often, you right. know, that right. six-foot spacing. And, you know, on the on the news, uh, Channel 9 News in the morning, you have that capability of at least spacing him a little bit there. Right. Yeah. That's Well, that's what we're talking about. Uh, but, you know, you, when's the last time you heard? I mean, you probably do all the time, but uh, I haven't heard of anybody being completely not even one vaccination in years, you know, since this whole thing uh, just started. Dr. Kevin. Yeah. It- Go ahead. And, and the, the concern there, too, Dean, is the message there. So, I mean, I wouldn't try to highlight that. If he has a medical reason and doesn't want to go down that area on your uh, interview, you know, you don't want to highlight that because then people go, oh, he's not vaccinated. I don't need to be vaccinated. Yeah, when, right. in fact, he's probably not vaccinated for a very legitimate reason. Yeah, they, they tell me, uh, you know, completely medical reasons for that. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital, will continue in a moment. Call or to text 312-981-7200-952. Dr. Kevin Most, uh, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Uh, We are winding up uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month uh, tomorrow. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. How are we doing, uh, Dr. Most, in our fight against breast cancer? I know since the very first year that we did our annual breast cancer uh, special, a four, three or four hour documentary uh, town hall meeting on where we are in the fight against breast cancer. I mean, we've come miles and miles in uh, treating this disease. Is the progress continuing? Yeah, it is, Dean. And, and the work that you've done on breast cancer awareness and the specials that you've done, because it really is about the awareness of prevention and the awareness of screening. That, that really hits the home. And certainly, you know, medicine and science has certainly improved as well. You know, the death cancer rates have been decreasing, you know, in the last 20 years, which is nice to see on a regular basis that that's going down. But we still have, you know, over 40,000 deaths from breast cancer. So it's really the awareness and it's early identification and it's some of the new treatment methods that we have and identification methods that has allowed us to continue to uh, chip away at this at this illness i know during the pandemic uh women were not coming in for their annual mammograms uh, because everybody was not going anywhere during the uh, pandemic have we bounced back from that are we seeing people getting back on the regular schedule again for that yeah, we're in the process of bouncing back. You'll see that mammogram schedules are like, oh, gosh, I can't get in for a couple of weeks. Well, the reason being is that we are catching up now. Individuals that stayed away from hospitals because of COVID might have missed out on that. And now they're coming back, which is great. But we are starting to see some more advanced cancers being found. So certainly the message is if you put it off during COVID over the last couple of years, please talk to your primary care doctor and get in um, to get that screening done. The uh, 708 area code says, I just got over having COVID. I had all four Moderna shots. Fortunately, I did not become too sick. How long should I wait to get the new BA4, BA5 booster? 
Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, and this is one of the reasons we think that the vaccine uptake is not as high as it is. A lot of people have had the illness recently, and we've been telling everybody, hey, you've got about 90 days of good natural immunity before it starts to wane. So you have a couple of months here. Now, the CDC initially said, hey, anybody who's had it recently, please wait the 90 days because they thought there'd be a run on this vaccine. Now that there isn't, they're saying, hey, you know what? Anybody who's had the vaccine, excuse me, who's had the virus recently, you can wait a couple of weeks and then get vaccinated and you'll really just build up your immunity. So it's one of those where you can wait as long as 90 days. You can wait as short as 30 days. But certainly I would make sure that I got it. And right now, again, it comes down to the timing of really those major holidays that are coming up. Yeah, on the subject of uh, breast cancer again, 773 area code texts, how many weeks after a COVID shot should I wait to get a mammogram? I have a lymph node issue. Exactly, and it's a great point that I'm glad it was brought up. Really, after you had a COVID vaccine and the vaccination goes in your arm, it can cause an inflammatory response, which we know, right? People say, gosh, I ache, I do this. Well, one of those inflammatory responses is an increased size of lymph nodes, often under the arm, which is visualized when we do mammography. So when we look at first uh, breast cancer, we're looking at enlarged lymph nodes as well. So we're telling people four to six weeks, let those lymph nodes come down because nothing worse than getting a mammogram saying, oh, we found, you know, lymph nodes that are enlarged. Not only does the anxiety go up, but what we have to do to prove that that's not cancer also goes up. So anybody who's gotten the COVID vaccine, four to six weeks later, go ahead and get your mammogram. And those lymph nodes should be back to their normal size and should not cause any uh, disruption. Dr. Kevin Mose, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon. So uh, the Bears uh, taking on the Cowboys today, is that right? That is correct, in Dallas. And uh, you will be joining Happen OB coming up at 11 o'clock today? Yeah, less than an hour. We'll be uh, breaking down, and then we'll come back for the uh, postgame show at 3. Very nice. Yeah. Have you uh, told us who you like better, Hamp or OB? I have not gotten into that and probably won't for safety reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard that tomorrow Ashwani and I are going trick-or-treating as Hamp and OB. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that would be really good, actually. That's news to me. Shwani, give us a little OB coming to the door asking for some candy. <laughs> Hand it over! <laughs> I want it now! I'm tired of waiting! You think I want these circus peanuts? <laughs> I want some Snickers bars! <laughs> Thank you. And don't give me a little bite-sized candy bar! <laughs> I want the biggest one you got! Do I look like I eat bite-sized candy bars to you? Hamp just standing back, not saying anything. <laughs> just probably laughing. <laughs> laughing. Right. Oh, goodness gracious. So you like OB better then? I didn't say that at all. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Shwani, what's your take on who he likes better? Oh, I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're both weasley cowards. Uh, everything is. 10 11. Dean Richards, Sunday morning, pre Halloween Sunday morning show. WGN. I think this might be the scariest. Halloween music 
of all time. You know, of all the horror movies, I don't mean specifically the the movie called Halloween, although that's what this is from. This this uh, uh, this music gives me the creeps. Every it time has a very very dark, sinister sound. Right. Ominous, ominous yeah. is the correct word. Too bad the movie isn't as good as the theme song. <laughs> I mean, the original movie was, but this latest one was pretty awful. So are you guys ready for Halloween? Do you get trick or treaters at your house? Not anymore. Uh, Not anymore. Get very many. I live in a building, and when I first moved into the building a long time ago, now that they would, uh, if you were going to, uh, you know, offer trick uh, trick or treating, you uh, they gave you a pumpkin to put on the door, which let the kids know or the people know that you you can knock knock on this door and you can, you know, have uh, candy. I got one person or maybe two people. That Mm -hmm. was it. Yeah, I've, I've told so many people this past week when I was, you know, a young young guy running around, trick-or-treating was amazing. There were kids all over the oh, neighborhood. You, you had to go home and get another receptacle. <laughs> yeah, receptacle, <laughs> yes. You know, we had paper bags, but you know, a lot of kids had, like, the plastic pumpkins. To oh, put on. Yeah. some had pillowcases. Pillowcases, <laughs> yeah. Seriously. We, we had old A&P grocery store bags. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I missed that A and P logo. Right? That was a wonderful. That logo. That was a good logo. Yeah, yeah. That was those were good years for me, as the uh, as your your friendly store clerk peeling uh, the potatoes in the back of the well, the bag or the separating bag. Yeah, right. Yeah, that the was good ones from the that was the worst job ones. I ever had. Of taking hundred pound <laughs> bags of potatoes <laughs> and breaking them down into five pound bags, <laughs> and a lot of times the potatoes had gotten rotten. It was stinky. It was awful. <laughs> Horrible, <laughs> horrible job. <laughs> Maybe I can recreate that at tree time. There you go. Yeah, we can. Uh, the stench was can beyond re- all description. Recreate our worst job. What was your worst job ever, Shawnee? I was a telemarketer. Oh, that's pretty awful. And I, I left after two nights. Yeah. I, I couldn't take it. Andy, how about you? This job? No, no. Doing no. this show? No, no, no. You're gonna have to. You have to do a lot worse than uh, to make it the worst job I've ever had. Yeah, that was the, the 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 worst one was the first one, and that was when I was sweeping up hair at the uh, the hair salon. Oh, I yes. did that. Yeah. I remember you mentioning that's yeah. when that's when my boss thought my name was Neil the entire time I was there. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's nice. I did that too. My aunt mm-hmm. and uncle had a beauty salon, and uh, I would come in when the store was closed and sweep up and clean up. Yeah. And one night I decided to give myself a haircut. Oh, wow. I thought, how hard can this be? I got the electric clippers and took a big <laughs> slice out of the side, side of my head. <laughs> now I would be very fashionable. That's very fashionable. That's true. But uh, back then, not so much. <laughs> and then my mother my mother takes the eyebrow pencil to try to cover it up. So <laughs> it was even worse. What a nightmare. Uh, Ugh, worse. So uh, the big Tree Time show is two weeks from today out at uh, Tree Time, 22102 uh, Pepper Road in Lake Barrington. I get there early because it fills up super early, but we're going to be there the full four hours from 9 to 1. From uh, uh, 11 to 12, we will be broadcasting on Facebook Live. So you'll be able to hear all the fun, all the uh, excitement. We've got a lot of special guests. Uh, musical performances. Frank Ferrante is going to be there from uh, Cabaret Zazu. 
Uh, Elton Jim Toronto, of course, is going to be out there. The Eddie Carosa Baby Doll Polka Band. But Shawnee, here's my new. Unfortunately, oh, that's yes, I forgot. Unfortunately, about this. Andy is not going to be able to be there mm-hmm. with us because he, with his new friend. No, you mean uh, Neil Hampenobi? You mean Neil? Neil. Yeah, Neil. That's what? my alter ego, Neil. Neil. Neil will not yeah. be joining us. What do you mean, Neil? What are you talking That's about? That's when the guy at the hair salon called me Neil the entire oh, time. Oh, Neil. So yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Neil now. Yeah. Neil will not be joining us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Shawnee will be there. I'll be there. Elton Jim will be there. Producer Jack will uh, be there. It's his first time at Tree Time. But here's my new brilliant idea of what we're going to do this year. I I think it's, it's you have to sign off on this as well. Tree Time karaoke oh count me in tree time karaoke count me in i'm ready what's your what's your song of choice well i have to think about this for a moment because we're going to this is going to be getting into the holidays so i think a a christmas song would be apropos well it's not but it's not even thanksgiving yet though all right then i uh Thanksgiving song. You got a Veterans Day song? You can <laughs> sing. Veterans Day. We're actually going to be closest to Veterans Day. You know, I have to say, uh, when I was visiting Gilda in Occoquan, Virginia, yes. and we were at Rehoboth Beach, um, we I did my karaoke debut. Of what song? Uh, I did uh, New York, New York, oh, Frank Sinatra. Okay. Well, maybe that's your song of choice then. Okay, I can do that. If Like if, if it were today, for example... Yeah, so there. See, I think I think this is going to be fun if we do the karaoke. You know, Elton Jim and he, invite the audience. Elton Jim's not going to back away from oh, doing no. karaoke. No, he's going to hog the machine. He's going to hog the machine exactly. Uh, but uh, yes, that's what I'm thinking. That we invite the audience uh, to uh, to join us as well. But what I really would like to do is like I think you and I, Shwani, should do a duet. Of uh, and what song do you have in mind? I don't know. I think you should do "Summer Nights" from Greece. <laughs> I was thinking that. Don't go breaking my heart. That's another good one. Yeah. How about "You're No Good"? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> um. How about how about reunited? <laughs> reunited, and it feels so good. Or what would be spectacular if we recreate the scene from Dirty Dancing? Oh, <laughs> and you jump into my arms, singing. Look at look at the fun we're gonna have. Oh, no one puts Schwanee in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks from today. That's all I got. Just remember where how to get there. I can't guarantee I'm going to be there, but everyone else should be a lot of fun. 1022, Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. One of my very, very favorite restaurants in Chicago, celebrating a big anniversary. I was actually shocked when I uh, saw on paper... That Twin Anchors Restaurant and Tavern is celebrating its 90th anniversary. I know they've been open, you know, as long as I can remember. I know Sinatra used to, you know, call in and have ribs sent over whenever he was in town. I mean, it's got quite a history, uh, and it's always packed. But 90 years, and Twin Anchors uh, is uh, getting ready for a huge celebration 
Uh, joining us on the phone line right now is Gina Manrique, uh, one of the owners. Gina, hello there, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Dean. I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Really great to have you on with us. Talk to me a little bit about how all of this got started. I got to think a a grandparent uh, may have been involved in all this, huh? Oh, from my family? Um, No, actually, my father. We're the third owners. We're the longest running owners. Um, At this point, we've been running it since 1978, 44 years now. All right. Um, But my dad was in the insurance business for 25 years before that, and he handled the insurance for the previous owners oh. so that's how we got involved okay yeah. so so <laughs> how, so talk to me about the the beginnings though of twin acres i mean you certainly must know the original history right sure yeah the original two owners um had met up in around 1930 or so um herb aldine was the harbor master at Monroe harbor and um he met up with um bob walters who was uh, probably among other things, running a speakeasy over on Grand Avenue. And uh, they got together, you know, between the one's experience with the speakeasy and the other being a harbor master and harbor master and having access to, um, you know, the, the lakes during Prohibition mm-hmm. between here and Canada. Uh, they got together and, um, and bought this building and uh, so it opened that, as Twin Anchors so, in 1932. So that's that's where the name comes from, then. The Anchors part is part of the maritime yeah. history. I never knew that. Right. Yeah, a lot of people come in thinking that we're going to have fish. Every once in a blue moon, somebody will actually come in and um, say, oh, we thought you were a fish restaurant. Now I guess we'll have to look for something else. I mean, we have a couple of fish items, but that's not our right. primary uh items yeah <laughs> yeah yeah has uh, uh twin anchors always served ribs i mean is the menu pretty much intact from the early days we've added a few items over the years you know here and there um and a couple of sauces the mild, our mild sauce was the original sauce that mrs mm. walters had prepared up in her kitchen the kitchen was originally in the apartment above the restaurant on the second floor, okay. and she started serving food nightly to the patrons. Even though it was more, you know, it was more of a drinking establishment, but yeah. she would have a fish fry on Fridays, and you know, probably chicken one night, and other items. But the ribs are the ones, uh, you know, that wasn't a very popular dish for people to make in their homes at that time. Right, um, and so uh, that became the most popular, and they eventually started making that nightly. Yeah, and it's really that, it that's that's your signature now, then, right? It is correct. Yeah, yeah. The, we have uh, barbecue baby back ribs, our yeah. specialty. Yeah, which are among to me among the very best uh, in the city. And although you say that that mild sauce was your original, uh, you can't beat that yeah. zesty sauce that you have. That that's oh yeah. That is my favorite barbecue sauce of all barbecue sauces. Oh, thank. You. Well, my brothers will thank you. They came up with that around 1980. <laughs> That's about the. Uh, that's probably then, uh, about when I started going there, right around 1980. Oh, I bet. yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I, I coincide with your zesty sauce. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Probably, uh, yeah. Because uh, now we have the prohibition sauce too. That from uh, 2010, we've had people starting to ask for spicier, you know, something a little bit spicier. Okay, all right. Uh, I also love. I mean, it's it's a terrific place, um, and uh, so much so that it's actually been used in. Uh, for for the making of some motion pictures, right? Yes, that is correct. Yes, um, yeah. Bonnie Hunt had been a custom, a longtime customer. So when she would be around Second City, um, her 
her husband had brought her in. He was actually a customer before before she came in. And over the years, you know, she um, when, when she decided to direct her her first feature film, Return to Me, she uh, used us as well as other places around Chicago for for the filming. And uh, we were shut down for 14 days over a period of about a month yeah. to do that with her. It's got to be the longest time that you were ever shut down, I'll bet, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we're only closed five days a year. Right, right. But, I mean, to have not not only Bonnie Hunt, but uh, the great Carol O'Connor, was, he, he was the, yeah. re- the restaurant owner. Uh, Correct, yeah. And, uh, you know, who else? David Duchovny and Minnie Driver. Yeah, Minnie Driver. Uh, all being, yeah. And all uh, being, Robert... Robert Loja. Robert Loja, right? Of course. Yeah, uh, was yeah. Uh, part of that. Just, just part of this uh, great history. And things are going strong. A lot of restaurants, you know, have trouble surviving one or two years. You guys are in your going on your ninetieth. You have uh, big celebrations yeah, coming up. We do. Yes, um, we're going to be celebrating throughout the month of uh, November with some weekly and, and nightly specials. Um, every Tuesday in November, we're going to be Unfortunately, we can't roll back our rib prices to what they were in 1932 because I think right. that would be maybe 75 cents. So. Yeah, right. That is- <laughs> we're uh, so we're going to roll it back to uh, to 19 dollars and 32 cents. Oh, nice! Um, in honor of the year that we opened, and then um, on Mondays and Wednesdays we'll have a, a five dollar beer special. We have nice pint glasses with our 90th logos that was designed by my brother in law. And um, if you buy a, a pint for five dollars, you get a free beer in it, and you get to take the pint home, of course. Oh, very nice! And um, each night there'll be a, a gift for the ninetieth customer. Oh, that is really well. nice. That's really nice. Yeah. I love that this is a family-run restaurant. Uh, I love that uh, not much has changed. Uh, no, you know that it's uh, you know pretty much intact. A lot of places. You know, would have uh, you know cha chaed the place up and ruined it, but you've kept the original charm, and the food is always great, and your wait staff okay. is always spectacular. Uh, I, I, I I I can't think of too many more restaurants that I love as much as I love uh, Twin Anchors. So happy anniversary to all you guys over there! Oh, thank you so much. We hope we see you soon. Yeah, we'll be uh, definitely stopping by. Give us uh, the address, phone number, website, all that if people want to. Come by and uh, oh, yeah. j- join in the fun. Sure. We're in the Old Town neighborhood at 1655 North Sedgwick. And our web, our, we're at um, TwinAnchorsRibs.com is our website. TwinAnchorsRibs.com. Uh, yes, ha- happy, all one word. Happy 90th uh, uh, anniversary, Gina Manarique. Thank you so much. Yes. And uh, we look forward to Thank seeing you me. soon. Thank you. Take care, Dean. Bye-bye. 1036, Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Getting ready for Hampton OB and Andy Mazer at 11 o'clock today. We've got time to get a couple of more things in here on our show today. Talking about Twin Anchors celebrating their 90th anniversary. Uh, Another Chicago institution uh, is worthy of some discussion. You know, Chicago is uh, very well known as one of the great comedy capitals of America. Thanks to Second City and thanks to Improv Olympic, I.O., that was founded by the legendary Del Close and our old friend Sharna Halpern. Uh, I.O. had been in several locations around the Chicago area before 
settling in to uh, a new location in the Clyburn Corridor. The pandemic comes along, and I.O., with so many other uh, theaters and institutions, all uh, shut down. The building was sold. I.O. did not survive, but is rising once again. Uh, the Improv Olympic, the new I.O. theater, is uh, about to reopen. It's been uh, purchased by uh, a trio of uh, gentlemen who want to uh, make it its former self again. Among them, the co-owner, Steve Sachs, who joins us on the line right now. Steve, congratulations on that. I think this is so exciting. Oh, my God, Dean. First of all, thank you so much for uh, having me on your show. You know, I'm slightly nervous. I've never done a radio interview before. Well, I'll rake you over the coals pretty good then. Uh, well, <laughs> just for my own enjoyment. Uh, no, you'll be <laughs> you and I just having a conversation. Not not a big deal. But how exciting is this? I mean, for you guys uh, to take over a theater that was uh, you know shut down uh, when you know theaters all over America were were shutting down and driven into bankruptcy and so forth. You and uh, your partners uh, came into this and uh, put in some extensive renovations and are are set to go crazy with this again. I, I think it's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. You know, we we are so thrilled and so excited. And, you know, we, we, we're talking to performers and stage managers and audience members who used to just love going to I.O. and felt bereft when it closed. And there's a lot of buzz. And, you know, we've, we've just, we've assembled this incredible staff because, you know, my partner, Larry Weiner, Scott Gendel, and I, you know, really know nothing about theater or running a comedy theater. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, 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 we went to some people who really know what they're doing right. to help us recruit an amazing staff. Yeah, uh, from other uh, theaters and theater companies uh, around the Chicago area. But uh, is it going to be similar? I mean, it used to be that when you, well, in the early days when you go to I.O., you know, you get uh, performers, you know, just trying out material. I mean, it was as raw as it could possibly be. But as the years went by, the the shows became more refined. The There were classes. There were I, – I interviewed uh, John Cleese uh, at uh, Improv Olympic. He had done a couple of nights of uh, – I, I don't remember exactly what the performance was, but I remember one of the – you know, one of Monty Python's originators – uh, at IO, it became quite sophisticated. Is your plan to, you know, build it back up with all kinds of different shows again? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We we um, we've been working really for the last five months with our staff to um, to develop twenty five new shows, different improv shows with talent just from chicago there are, there's an unbelievable sort of wealth of of, of improvisers who, who live and reside there's almost a subculture here in chicago so we have 25 performances uh each week 
Uh, tickets are on sale uh, at ioimprov.com right now for, for these shows. And, you know, we also just had a, auditions for our own ensemble of local talent. We put out a call for auditions and, and within a day got 500 wow. uh, applicants. Uh, with four years plus experience uh, of improv, and and we auditioned them, and I mean, we just could not believe the talent that's out there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not one bit surprised. I mean, uh, the way theaters were crippled by the pandemic, uh, so were all the performers, the the behind the scenes crew, the people that sold tickets, the people that sold uh, popcorn. You know, the, like everybody was affected. So the idea that three entrepreneurs come in and start you know saying let's let's rebuild let's put on a show let's rebuild this and uh put on a show it had to be so exciting to the creative community uh in chicago the comedy community uh here in chicago uh what's what's the plan for all this to get started and get things up and running so we are opening next week um so we're opening on the third, and we're it's sort of a soft opening. We have again those shows that are on sale, um, and you know we, we're we're opening in January uh, in person classes, and we have um, you know our our uh, uh, Rachel Mason, who's our our. our director of education she's recruited teachers who have i don't know 10 or 15 emmy awards among them to to give the community uh you know improv classes to have classes on writing for comedy shows uh you know we're, we're going to have just a, a, a full training center operating you know starting in in january we, we have online classes now and and the shows you know we have a, a a creative staff you know it's it's very collaborative how we pick sort of performers and 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 teams to perform but you know io has always been an incubator you know when you you have alums like jason sudeikis and Bob Odenkirk, Tina Fey, yep. Amy Poehler, they, they went there to, to experiment. And as you say, uh, you know, to do some just raw, raw improv. So, you know, we, we, we want to have established shows that people always love, like improvised Shakespeare, but also to develop our own, you know, talent and teams. And that's, I think, what we're most excited about. Yeah, I can't tell you the number of times, you know, if I'm a New Yorker, Hollywood or, you know, someplace and talking to actors who have some Chicago roots, they all went through I.O. They all, you know, spent some time at I.O. and kind of cut their teeth learning uh, comedy at I.O. So you have uh, you have a pretty rich history there. People want to get uh, information about the new I.O. Uh, what's the best way to do that, to learn about your shows and get tickets for your productions and classes and uh, all that? Oh my God! I love that question. Thank you. It, uh, it, you know, we are launching a, a new website. It was supposed to be up a couple of days ago. A little delayed. Uh, next week, uh, you, you, right now, you can go to ioimprov dot com and buy tickets online for shows, and sign up for classes. 
And we'll have our full website up hopefully by the end of this week. And that will have information on, on our, our just incredible staff. And that's how you can, you know, people can learn about it. Um, yeah. Okay. IOimprov.com. And uh, let's see here in my notes, I've got your address. It's uh, the same location, right? In the, the Clyburn Quarter, 1501 North Kingsbury, just uh, just south of North Avenue and just west of Halstead. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes. It's right in front of that huge Whole Foods supermarket. Right. right. I call that the Disneyland Whole Foods. Because uh, <laughs> when you go in that place you you have to have uh you know you got to have a game plan when you're going that whole foods it's the biggest store i've ever seen in my life and uh io is right across the street uh i'm so happy for you guys congratulations i can't wait to learn more about it and uh come out and we'll do some things on television to uh you know let everybody know that uh, io is back congrats oh my gosh dean thank you so much you're so kind on this interview and uh you know, I really want to just invite people. We, 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 you know, we think we're we've created just a cozy, safe space uh, where people could just come and and you know, we're hoping to to to, to create a joyful experience yeah. and a hilarious time. Yeah, so thank yeah. you. You're very welcome. So, how do you think you did in your first interview? You know, I think I sort of sucked a little bit, <laughs> but I think you, but I think you were so gentle. You were very gentle, and I, you know, I've heard that you're not always so gentle. Sometimes so I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, sometimes I'm <laughs> Only if you are, have earned it. Uh, I, I can sometimes be a little, uh, you know, uh, honest, really. But uh, you, I, I, I don't think you sucked at all. I think you did a, a really great job, and uh, I, I look forward to meeting you in person. Steve Sachs oh, is CEO of uh, the new IO Improv Olympics. Thanks, Steve. Have a great day today. Dean, thank you. You too. Ten fifty. Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN, and uh, Hampton OB coming up with Andy Mazur, Chicago Bears pregame at eleven o'clock this morning. I have some time to talk with my pal over at WGN TV, Mr. Ray Cordapassi who you see on the WGN Evening News at uh, 5, 6, 9, and 10. Uh, Ray is out and about this morning, along with WGN Radio's Ryan Burroughs. Ray, good morning, my friend. How are you? Good morning, Dean. Hey, it's great to be with you. How are you? I'm uh, doing very well. And you've got yourself a a nice morning to uh, be doing good out in the community for uh, Jewish Community Center's Sunrise Association. Tell us more about that. This is a uh, a brand new endeavor here, and you can probably hear a little bit of the uh, Lake Zurich High School Marching Band that was getting the crowd all excited here for this inaugural walk to support uh, a brand new day camp to support the families of children who are undergoing cancer treatment, not only for those uh, young men and women, but also their siblings and free of charge. And um, uh, next, our, our parent company, along with WGN, saw that this was a very worthwhile uh, cause to be a part of. And so here we are getting ready for this uh, big kickoff this summer where kids will be able to enjoy JCC Chicago here in Lake 
County uh, in Lake Zurich, they'll be able to enjoy all of the benefits of an awesome uh, summer day camp for a period of weeks. And uh, it's the very first one here in the Midwest. They've got a number of camps in, uh, in New York in baltimore atlanta and a few in israel but this is the uh, the first one in the midwest and they are very excited to get this uh to get this off the ground yeah this has uh, really got to be special i know uh, similar types of camps uh kind of tailor their uh, services and activities for uh, the kids who are going through treatment and uh, they they work on making the kids feel as special as possible as as normal quote normal as possible uh despite whatever medical issues uh, they may have going on well i love the way the president uh of the organization described this he said they when they started this out i think in uh, in 2006 or so they didn't set out to just make a, a day camp for kids who are living with cancer but they wanted to put together uh, just uh, the best camp experience possible, and they want it to be sort of a uh, like a full wonderland. So, if you can picture all of the camp activities, they do that. But they also uh, they also do um, everything associated with nature. They have uh, these unique activities. Uh, there is music. They do songs. They do sports. And uh, and, and again, it, it, it comes at no cost to the families uh, who are you know sometimes really compromised struggling to to pay the bills that are associated with taking care of their child. So this is just um, a a great situation where they can get out there and uh, and make friends and and do something that just takes them away from their their normal lives of treatment. Yeah. Now, this uh, Sunrise Walks uh, that's taking place this morning, is that being held where the camp itself will ultimately be? I I believe out in Lake Zurich, right? That's right. That's right. We're here at the at the JCC grounds, 37 acres, and uh, there are a few people that are just now finishing up the walk here. But uh, it started this morning, and um, you know some some people here uh, have been touched by childhood cancer, but uh, the vast majority just saw that you know they they would like to be a part of something that is helping families um, be a part of something special here, and so. That that will all take shape next summer here, but they are laying the foundation and they're doing it in in a way that just feels really really great. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of smiling folks here. It's just it's just a wonderful start to the day here and a start to something great. Yeah, it's pretty hard to not uh, feel good and be motivated by working on a project uh, that's helping children uh, in general. But uh, kids who are facing uh, special challenges, like ch- one of the childhood cancers, uh, it's it's a very very special. So good good for uh, JCC for uh, putting all this on. Good for you. Good for Ryan Burroughs for being out there to help uh, kick it all off. And I believe if people want to get uh, more information, is it jccchicago.org to get more info? That's right, jccchicago.org slash sunrise, uh, and that will give you a snapshot of uh, what the work involves here. Uh, the, the bigger uh, organization is sunriseassociation.org. Uh, if you go to that website, they have a really um, great video that, that shows what the camp is all about. Uh, they also told the story of a, of a 14-year-old boy who went there for a period of years 
who eventually lost his battle, but he brought his little sister along. And guess what? She got to still be a part, a part of the camp, uh, and it was a way for her to remember her brother Jordan, who uh, who fought so bravely. And so uh, that is what's just so unique about this, to involve the families in a way that they do that is just life-affirming. That's so great. JCCChicago.com slash sunrise right that's that's uh to get more info jccchicago.org dot org dot org okay to get the info on that uh ray Cordopassi, who you see on wgn uh tv news at five six nine and ten uh always good to talk with you i don't see you enough over at the uh, tv place because we're at opposite ends of the clock but uh, always, I know. Well, always I love, good to talk I to you. I love your work, Dean. You know that. Likewise. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you, Ray, for joining us. Have a great day out there. We'll-